This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The podcast where we delve into those frustrating moments with some well-known people. And uh, I'm Jim Daly, not a well-known person, but a well-known person is sitting to my right. It's Mr. We've had this Charles Bailey conversation before. I don't think I am well-known. I think you are. I'm well-known in, in a not very well-known way, which makes no sense whatsoever. That sounds like an autobiography title. Yeah. Well-known in a not well-known way. Giles Paley for the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jim. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. I'm quite um, red in the face today. Are you? Yeah. I think it's just the lighting. I think it's, I'm a bit warm, you know, a bit flushed. Yeah, a bit flushed. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Don't um, know why, but anyway, you look, yes. You look great. Thanks. Um, likewise. Is this, when is this going out? <laughs> is this New Year? Yeah. Is it the first one? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, you don't look flushed. But may I offer you Happy New Year greetings? Well, Happy New Year to you too, kind sir. Did you have a good Christmas? I did. Yeah, good. really good Christmas. It was, um, yeah, lovely. First Christmas with your baba. First Christmas with our little yeah. one. She obviously didn't, won't remember any of it, but we are. you say that? I think having a child that young, um, the Christmas is great for you. It's all about you, really. Yeah, so yeah. it was great for us to mm. dress her up in ridiculous outfits. Of course. Um, but she won't remember it, but it was lovely. Yeah. Good. And the family were very excited. Yeah, well, yeah, it's nice. So. It's lovely yeah, having... It yeah, Christmas great. becomes extra special when you have children, yeah. I think. I so. can't wait until she's old enough to actually, like, understand it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Well, it doesn't incredible. take long, man. You're, and then I get to yeah. dress up as Santa and all that. Oh, I can't wait. Peep around the bedrooms at night. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all that creepy stuff. <laughs> nah, it's going to be great. How was, how was your Christmas? It was good. Yeah, yeah, really nice, thank you. Yeah, yeah, very chilled. And... Uh, Spent it with my brother and his family. So, yeah, it's very nice. Lovely. Well, we hope our listeners had a good Christmas. And as a present, is like that, like, that, like that link? Is that okay? No. Um, we've got a <laughs> wonderful guest. We have. To kick off 2020. It's the legendary Ben Miller. Ben Miller. Brilliant Ben Miller, who's obviously very well known for his comedy uh, show with... Alexander Armstrong. Yeah, Armstrong and Miller. Yeah. Well, Armstrong well, and Miller. I mean, and he's then... not, no, just for that. I mean, he's, he's a prolific actor in his own right. Well, he's, um, we sort of, you know, as we sort of glean from the pod, a bit, bit of an all-rounder. Does lots yeah, of yeah, lots of writing as well. Good, yeah. good at all of them. Yeah, and he's been very successful recently with, um, he's got a couple of children's books, which are excellent. So, yeah, a real all-rounder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it was a great pod. Really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. And um, I think we should just dive crack on with it. We dive should. straight in. Uh, this is Ben Miller on The Blank Podcast. Well, Ben Miller, welcome to the Blank Podcast. Thank you so much. Lovely to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming. This, in we're this in the Nordic, Nordic bar. Yes. Yeah, the Nordic bar. Yeah, it's, there's some interesting um, 
animals on the walls. That's the first thing you notice, is it? It is, 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 incredibly fruity. (laughs) 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 It's very on brand. (laughs) Greeted me as I came down the the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a a good night's entertainment lingers on. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, it just lingers throughout. It's a particular smell, isn't it? I'm going to get, I'm giving it, I'm giving it a sort of really heavy base of beer, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But then a, Really nice urine top notes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just a tiny little, yeah. and just a tiny little tweak of shame. Yeah, shame. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah basins of shame. Yeah, good name for a band. A top note. No, I just think I'm getting a little bit. What of top note of shame? Just at the top there. Can you get that little bit of vomit? Just yeah. Oh, I, it's just on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's really. Cool. <laughs> That's a terrible place for it to be. I think. <laughs> on the tip of your tongue. It is. Yeah, you were asking before actually why the Nordic theme, and um, yeah. I don't know actually. Do you do you know why? No, I've never asked anybody. It's run by a Viking. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very proud Viking. <laughs> well, why not? Vikings I mean, you've had every. Well, Viking, Vikings have a good. You know, they have a good sort of um, brand. They do for bars. You know, because it's basically. Having it large, yeah, yeah. Um, going out, you know, they don't stay home; they go out. Yeah, that's true. They go out. They maraud. They do. I'm imagining. I'm imagining that that involves a bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it must do. <laughs> Not often their own bar. No, but they maraud in a bar. yeah in other people's bars. And there's, and there's a fair amount of um, vomit. Debauchery. <laughs> I was going to say debauchery. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it is a strong brand. Now you see, I disagree yeah. with that. I don't think that is part of the Viking. No, you don't think debauchery is. No. They got. They're, I mean, they're not particularly debauched. They're very much. Um, it's very smash and grab Viking. <laughs> yeah, in and out. Debauched. It's quite organised. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> rowing the line. They, the that is true, actually. You're yeah, you're out of step. Yeah. Keep it together, man. Keep it together. God man. damn it, love. Just another, another six hundred miles till we get to Northumberland. We can get some beers. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. organised. And yes. they got a very deceptively organised and a very strong hat game. Enormous hat game. Mm. Yeah. Apparently, they didn't have. Apparently, there's this thing about the horns on the things. That's not. That's, that's a. Not that's a, a fallacy, is it? That's an Im- no I way. Don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the right word like to that, use. But the um, yeah, they're they're, uh, they're yeah. made up the horns. Oh no way! They made them up. Probably people in bars That's, like this. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know yeah. what you're lacking. Yeah, horns. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to invent now? I'm marauding. <laughs> uh, in yeah, king's name that never marauded. Incredibly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to invent with horns. <laughs> Horns on it. Yes. Usually a hat with horns on it is a bad thing. Well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Archetypally, that's like, yeah. Wear a hat with horns on. That's that's making a And yet, somehow. You're right, that look. Mm. Synonymous. Synonymous. With with the Nordics. I think this is the most I've ever talked about Vikings in my life. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I kind of feel bad because I brought it up, really. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Ben, you were born in London. (laughs) (laughs) Seamless. (laughs) Yeah. You can tell we've done a lot of these podcasts. Vikings are people. You're a person. Mm. Um. (laughs) Yeah. Segways are not our strong point. (laughs) That was beautiful. Born in London. Yes, absolutely. Born in uh, in, in Stoke Newton. Mm. Well, not born. Born in... um, Grew up in Stoke Newton. Yeah. Family lived in Stoke Newton. Born... Uh, St. Bart's, Sound of Bow Bells. I think I can legitimately claim myself to be Cockney. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I believe that's the that's, criteria. That's the criteria, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, Have you, so do you feel Cockney then? Oh, Is yeah. it in the blood? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Strike a light. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, 
<laughs> that was more Viking yeah. than Cockney. Oh, yeah, dear, yeah. Well, I'm not staggering down the apples there. I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was on the right two and eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's a no then. <laughs> I don't feel very cockney. No. I do feel like a, I, I think I have London in my blood, though, yeah. for sure. You know, that was kind of, I feel like... You feel comfortable we, we here. Moved, yeah. We moved from London when I was very yeah. small, but, but uh, my family are all from, you know, uh, my father's family are all from London. They are all, you know, sort of East... East End, East Enders. My grandfather had shops in the East End, and my father worked in them. And you know, all, what kind all of shops? Um, Tailor's shops. Okay. Um, so my grandmother was a seamstress, and my grandfather started with, with tailor shops, and then he sort of expanded. Really, I mean, it was kind of, you know, he had a shop for pretty much everything. He had a butcher's shop, he had a greengrocer's, he had a Viking hat. He used to make Viking hats, which somehow went yeah. down gangbusters. Yeah. In, uh, he started that shit. In, yeah, in, just in post-war <laughs> Bethnal Green, yeah. I, I mean, there was just all the rage. The, so did, uh, did the craze have, they often so, wouldn't be... <laughs> Well, did they have? Did they have good suits? Was 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 you know? Yeah, well? good food. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, good everything. You know, yeah. good food, good suits. You know, that's the great thing about you know run a shop. I remember we used to go to, you know, and we used to go and stay with them at, at Christmas. The I was always like really impressed with the toys that they had. There was always like outrageous. Um, there's a lot of my yeah that um, the, uh, the Miller side of the family. There's. Um, so there's my... It's slightly complicated because my... So I have... My Auntie Debbie is younger than me. Okay. <laughs> One of those families. Uh, <laughs> so it's my Uncle Martin. Yeah. Uh, and my and my Uncle Graham recently passed away. My Uncle... Um, my Uncle Steve, my Uncle Raymond. They all... They all um, we would all visit them all at, at Christmas and they would be like a... Uh, you know, a, a mountain of of toys. That's what that's what I remember. I always remember, and all the all the latest stuff. Um, yeah, I felt like that was a kind of uh, what was what my was parents the buy us that... toys? I don't know. No. I think we would get a book mm. by Dickens. The <laughs> um. <laughs> lump of coal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I met someone recently that actually gave their child a lump of coal for Christmas. That's probably but quite a... Because they were actually really naughty. First, their first Christmas. Who told me that? No, it's because they'd been particularly bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they How did that play out I don't, from there? Did the child the reform their wicked ways? <laughs> I'm not sure it would. I also heard one of the guys on my football team said that when his children are bad at Christmas, he wraps up presents, then he wraps up a few of em- empty boxes in uh, wrapping paper, and if they're particularly bad, he takes one of the boxes and throws it in the fire. Wow, <laughs> and I don't know. If, I don't know wow. if that's genius or like psychological warfare. It's psychological warfare. Yeah, I think it's yeah, that's that's child abuse. Is what I that think is. it yes. probably is borderline cool. child abuse. Yeah. I don't know if it works. I don't know if it yeah. works or not. But and then he drinks their tears that he's like collected in a more well, I mean, small receptacle. The, the thing is, we know with pretty much anything works, right? Because I mean, there was a time, you know, corporal punishment in schools. I mean, I remember yeah, yeah. I used to get, you know, um, I'm uh, I imagine you, you two little little younger than me, but I, I used to. You'd get the cane. You'd go oh, to okay. the headmaster's office, and he would cane you on the hand. He'd take a stick yeah. and hit you over the hand. So you you, you had that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and um, it was just fa- phasing out, you know. When I yeah, was yeah, you know, as I was at secondary school, but it still it still you know, still happened, and work? that worked. Oh, fine. It did. Yeah, people yeah. were fine. People turned out all fine. Yeah, I mean, I, I got the cane. I'm fine. <laughs> 
you know, I mean... <laughs> well, I've got a nearly 11-week-old daughter, so I'm taking tips for anyone. That I don't <laughs> think the caning... <laughs> maybe not caning... <laughs> maybe not go straight to caning. <laughs> yeah. Just sort of build there. Build up. Build up. Throwing toys in the fire. Throw her toys in the fire. Love the Yeah, actually, mental torture first, and then physical... Physical... Physical punishment. Later on, I'm sure she'll turn out. I'm sure she'll turn out fine. She'll be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. How she'll old is she? Great. She's nearly eleven weeks. Eleven She's weeks. eleven weeks old. Yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's that's a fair question. That's slightly crazed. Yeah, yeah. that that explains totally. this. Yeah. Yeah. Eleven weeks yeah. old. Although wow. weirdly, I've sent to Charles. I feel like I've known her forever. It's so odd. Yes. And I feel I can't yeah. actually remember life without her, and she's only been here. That's yeah. well, it's a human happens, soul, yeah. isn't it? It's, I mean, yeah. uh, it, there's something eternal about it. It's that. crazy. It's, it's an extraordinary yeah. thing to be, to be in the presence of, isn't it? You know, kind of... I think that's very... That, those are extraordinary times as well, when, when somebody is just, you know, at the very beginning of life and the very end of life. They're very yeah. incredibly powerful times, aren't they? You know. Yeah. It's it's, a, it's an extraordinary thing to witness somebody who wasn't alive eleven weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. was, but you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's now important. here, and it's, yeah. you can see her learning. Just to yeah, learn to grab yeah. things, yeah, including yeah. my chest hair when I hold it, which is very painful. Um, yeah, but working out all these things, it's yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And that's the weird thing is we we don't really come um, we don't re- we don't come pre-programmed. I think we sort of come we we come with a lot of. Um, you know, with a lot of disposition, but we don't come with a lot of actual facts, do we? So it's basically like yeah. find, really finding like basic stuff out, isn't it? For the first yeah. thing, like, amazes. Basic, basically, for the first year of its life, a child tries to kill itself in as many different ways <laughs> yeah. as it could possibly imagine. So, eleven weeks, she's quite limited mm. in the number of ways she can, mm. you know, yeah. harm herself. But as soon as she can crawl, then she'll be trying to f- crawl off. The changing table onto the floor, despite yeah. the fact that it's like five feet, and she'll break a break <laughs> yeah. a leg. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It does become a kind of you're you're in the last. Yeah, you know, you're you're the last line of defence, and yes. you're just stopping your child from doing stupid things to themselves. Yeah. Oh, I'm aware of that every day yeah. that I've got well, massive no, my, responsibility. Minus yeah. ten and twelve, and still having that. Thing, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. I thought I'd fire an arrow at him, Daddy. I thought I'd fire an arrow at him and see if he could stop it. Yeah, he was like, you did what? (laughs) (laughs) Only one way to find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we are, is it true that we're the only, sorry, I've just gone off on a real tangent, and I apologise because I started it. Um, We're the only... Well, you can't do that on your podcast. (laughs) Exactly. True. Very nice. (laughs) But we are the only species that when they're born can't walk, or something like that. Really? It's why they call the first three months the fourth trimester, because technically the baby should still be in the womb learning. Isn't isn't the idea that we we are now all born immature, uh, right? So that, because it's something to do with, because our brains got, um, so large yeah. that basically, if we waited till we're full term, we wouldn't be able to give birth. And even now, yes, we yeah. sort of struggle, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's not Hard a straightforward yeah. thing, yeah. human childbirth. Yeah, um, I mean it's pretty straightforward. But there's, there's, the, there are compared to other animals, there seem to be like a number of yeah. <laughs> complications, yeah. like. It hardly fits out in yeah. and out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, a beautiful um, way to put it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and um, you know, there's the, there's that. The, 
that we are basically still, you know, we should still be in utero, right? For those three months. It yeah. made more sense if we were. Yeah, it would do. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway. you moved up north when you were younger. Yes, was that? <laughs> should take another bad takeaway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that we do on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you did physics. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you were a baby once. Tell yeah. me about. Tell me about that. Oh God! You thought we'd have got better at these podcasts. Fifth, how many are we? Fifty in now, but. It's okay. We're not, it's our, part of our chart. I think it's, something's working, so uh, don't question it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just relaxed and at ease. It doesn't matter. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I'm hearing myself. But, um. but isn't that the beauty of podcasts compared to, um, compared to say, going on the radio or, um, you know, even, even like, or, or TV interviews? That, that they have become so um, purposed, yes. haven't they? Absolutely. They've become yeah, yeah. so kind of, the segments are so... I mean, literally, they'll say to you, okay, so you've got uh, two and a half minutes, yeah. and then afterwards we'll come to you for a further minute and probably, well, maybe 45 seconds if we... I mean, yeah. it really is. Like, please cram you in sort of think all yourself. the information about your new show or your yeah. new whatever it is, yeah, your new yeah. book or whatever. And you think, so, okay, great, yeah. so I'll... I'll probably just wing that then. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hope for the best. It's a good life skill. That is a yeah. good thing about these pods, actually. I think you, when you got a bit longer with someone to sit down, you can yeah. explore things and you get to sort of... Because I guess with those TV interviews and stuff, you don't really get to you don't even know the presenter or the producer no. or anyone. But th- with this, you kind of get to... No, in fact, they're almost designed so that you don't, so that you don't yeah. aren't they? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you enjoy doing those kind of things? I do, yeah. I don't yeah. want to give the impression I don't. Yeah, I yeah. do. I really enjoy... Um, because, I mean, basically, sort of my, my sort of annual cycle, I spend a lot of time writing, and I'm on my own, um, and then I get the, you know, uh, and then I get the chance to get out of the house, meet people, yeah. and um, I really, I, I really, really enjoy it. So, but, but I only ever do it in quite short-focused mm. um, chunks, do you yeah. know what I mean? So I think if, yeah, you're, yeah. if you were kind of doing the US presidential thing and sort of campaigning all the time, I think that would get a bit... Yeah, uh, I get a bit wearing, but it's always got huge novelty value. Well, that's one of the me. things of being a performer, isn't it? Because you can be working on something and writing and writing. It's like if you're a sort of gigging club circuit comedian, the only time you then go and talk to a single other human being is when you're on stage. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> you know, and they can't talk back, which is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when they do, yeah. they get kicked out. Which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is ideal. But I, think, yeah. I guess that sort of comes with the territory, doesn't it? Being a comedian and a performer. Yes, yeah, and it's part of what I like about it. Mm. I really like, I really like the sort of, um, I like both. You know, I like the sol- I like the solitary part, and I really, really like the the social part as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. Um, I think it would get. Mind you, if you don't like the solitary part, you can work on, you know, you can still write, but write, write parts of a team or yeah. do stuff like that. So I, I also enjoy those things as well. You know, I quite enjoy, I quite enjoy collaborative writing yeah, with lots of different yeah. people. I always find that really, really, I find that really, really fun, you know. But yeah, but no, it's just nice. As I say, it's nice to be out of the house. <laughs> this is a very fluffy microphone. It is. That's how I feel as well. It's our Don King. Don King. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is it what? Like Don King. Don King. Don King, the boxing promoter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, there's, no, there's no. <laughs> okay. Right. Good. <laughs> but, sorry, going back to performing, that wasn't necessarily going to be your path because you, you. No, absolutely not. No, I, I sort of discovered it. I did. I discovered it later in life. So I was, was, was wanting to become an academic. I wanted to be an academic scientist, actually, or something along those lines. Actually, what I was really interested in was philosophy of science so sort of 
I started a. Um, I'm terrible. I, I got very distracted, really, because I started. I wanted to do a degree in philosophy. In, philosophy of science but then when I was doing the physics part of it I really started to really enjoy that so then I thought oh we'll do physics and then I was doing my started my PhD in physics and then I started right doing some comedy and then I thought actually no this this is much this is much more me. How did that come about, the comedy, though? Um, just think, like a, you know, an extracurricular thing you could well, do I'd like always a loved it. for you? I'd always loved, I'd always loved, um, I always went to see, we went, went to see lots of play. My parents were English teachers, so I read a lot when I was growing up. We'd go and see lots of plays, lots and lots of plays. Because whenever they took the kids to a play, I'd get to go, I'd get to go along as well. So, um, yeah, saw lots and lots of theatre and, and, and loved that. My father also really loved comedy so I watched lots and it was the only thing I was my parents I mean they are um they're very individual they're very individual you know and they had this kind of mm. so we weren't really allowed to watch much tv unless it was comedy so I loved I got this incredible love of comedy really early on what were the kind of shows you watch? I was we'd watch I could watch anything if it was comedy okay. so Monty Python Benny yeah, Hill yeah. I mean literally yeah. anything I'd be allowed to watch anything but nothing else <laughs> <laughs> Indoctrination. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because, you know, they said that most of what was on TV was, was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you got a real sort of comedy schooling. Yeah, so I've got a fantastic comedy schooling. And, and then, um, but also if it's, if it's the main thing you're allowed to watch, then it's got an extra kind of importance for you. Yeah. And my, you know, my, we always laughed and joked a lot at home. My father was very, very funny and, you know, we... Everything was like a comedy routine at home, so kind of that felt had been a thread. And then, you know, I was doing the second year of my PhD. I it was kind of really weird. Funnily enough, uh, the National Student Drama Festival came to Cambridge, and I got a job driving the judges around. And I was listening to the sort of conversation in the back. I thought this sounds quite good fun. (laughs) And I spoke to the organisers, and they said, "Well, as you're driving the van." And we're not really paying you very much, so you can go to any of the workshops you want. So then I sort of oh, went to course. some of these workshops. And I went to a workshop by um, Charlotte Keatley, the writer. And I wrote a sketch, and then they performed it at the end of this workshop. And, I, and it just went... I just, I, I don't think the sketch was very good, but I loved the process of yeah. like writing it and then seeing these actors perform it. Yeah, how did that feel, seeing your I just, your It was work, just... You know, I mean, like, it was like... It was incredible. I mean, it was... You know when you, you you know you're in the right place. Just saying, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I'm in the right place. This is yeah. this is what I'm meant to be doing. Um, and so then I did, and I I just yeah I really went for it from then on. You know I started writing lots of writing lots of sketches, and I I started writing comedy sketches and sending them to the Footlights Club, uh, which is the comedy club in in uh, Cambridge. And um, and uh, you, you know I just kind of I just kept at it really, and then. And eventually managed to get into the footlights and then start. And the footlights is great because you do a lot of writing for other people. Yeah. And um, so it's a good sort of discipline, really. So yeah. then you come out, your first experience of writing comedy is for other people to perform, not for yourself to do. So that was kind of good. That was kind of a good training, really. And then I just thought, well, I'll, see, I'll carry on, see if I can. <laughs> I can do this. And I came out of university and got a job on the radio show, The Weekending, mm. um, which I don't, I don't know if it's still going anymore, but and there used to be quite a few non-commissioned writers' shows where you could just write material and 
you know, and ev- eventually it was a sort of war of attrition. Um, something would get past the <laughs> producer, you get something on the show, and then once you sort of got a foot in the door, you yeah. kind of, you know, then I, yeah, then I was, I did, I, you know, I, I then, um, after writing for the non-commissioned writers, you know, non-commissioned for a year or so, I got onto the, I got a commission, which I had for a couple of years, and there were amazing writers writing for it. Harry Hill was writing for Weekending Then, Al Murray was. Wow. Um, Andy Riley and Kevin Tessel, who've written so much brilliant stuff. Yeah, I mean, all, all sorts of brilliant people that happened to be around at that time. So it was, that was fantastic, really. That moment of seeing your first sketch performed and you get that sort of, oh, this is yeah. what I'm supposed to do, this is where I fit in, this is my thing. Yeah. I think that's really pivotal because I think there'll be a lot of people listening to this podcast who might not have had that moment yet. Yeah. Or might have missed that moment or might have had it and thought, I can't do this. But it's really about embracing it, isn't it? And just going for it, I guess. Yeah, I think it's it difficult. is. I think it is. I mean, I, I think, weird, weirdly, I think it's very little... People talk about talent a lot, don't they? They talk about, constantly talk about talent. I mean, and I think... And I don't... You know, you even get called talent, don't you? You know, yeah. kind of. <laughs> in a slightly <laughs> piss-takey way, obviously. I mean, they're not... They say, could you bring the talent to the stage? Right? I think it's slightly ironic. Yeah. <clears throat> but... Um, but I don't think uh, my experiences is that's got very little to do with it. <laughs> it's more to do with the amount the amount of time you put in and and the amount of commitment you make to doing it. You know, yeah. so so for example, I you know I decided that was what I really I really wanted to do, and I you know I did not leave the side of the producer of the weekending radio show for about three years. I just I would always be there. I, you know, you could go in. Because the show would be recorded, say, on like, um, you know, whatever it was, on a Thursday to go out on the Friday. So on the Wednesday, things would get pretty tight. So despite what they'd commissioned or hadn't commissioned, some stuff would be working and some stuff wouldn't. Mm. So if you hung around on a Wednesday, you'd have a lot more chance of getting stuff on on a Thursday. And on a Thursday morning, you'd be like, it was a shoot-in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty much anything you came up with <laughs> could get on the show. So, you know, it was a kind of... And I do think there's a lot to do with that is, um, you know, it, it is getting the, it's getting the permission, it's giving yourself the permission to, yeah. to, to do it, you know, and... Um, it's very interesting. My college in Cambridge, funny enough, was always lowest in the academic table. And um, a couple of years ago, I saw that they'd gone to the top of the academic table. And I remember I had um, I, I, I bumped into the admissions tutor from the college at an event, and I said, "What's happened to the college? It's, it's gone from like it was bottom, mm. and it's gone right to the top." And they said, "I said, what have you done? Have you changed the admissions procedures? Are you letting in different people, or or what's happened?" He said, "No, we we have exactly the same." admissions criteria we just let them know it's possible for them to get the highest marks that is it it's psychological it's we, yeah. and we support them in that and we encourage them to get the highest marks that's it yeah i mean i wish it were that so i mean c- can it possibly be that but, simple that but that seems so obvious yeah i know it seems very obvious doesn't it but and were you getting that from your producers at the at the show? Were you getting that encouragement that you know? I guess maybe getting stuff through was was encouragement for you. It was getting it. It was getting it through. You know, yeah. nothing I was writing at that point was particularly good. It wasn't. I wasn't particularly happy with any of it. I just felt like I wasn't very good at writing for that sort of show. I just wasn't my. Just you know, I know. I always kept thinking, you know, well, I must be, because I could never get the ideas that I really liked on. You know what I mean? I I would find that. Um, the stuff that I thought was funny, they didn't think was funny, and I couldn't write it well enough for for 
to, to justify it. And I and I found that, um, you know, I'd have quite have to write sort of the, you know, they'd say, oh, you know, what about you'd pitch like. 10 ideas and the two that you liked least would be the ones that they wanted you to write and I would yeah. write, write those and they would get on the show and be not that funny but, uh, and, yeah. but you'd got stuff out I mean, uh, so I found that pretty, and I used to write for a lot of shows not just for Weekending, I used to write for Smith and Jones and um, I used to write for anything that was going um, and uh, yeah, with very, very limited success I have to say, but I mean just enough success to you know, I mean I think I had a m- minute commission <laughs> uh, the year after, and then I managed to get two minutes the yeah. year after that. You know, it's not it's not a huge amount of money Maybe a week. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just about survival. Yeah, you know. But you knew it's what you wanted to do. So it, it, that, yeah. that decision to give up the academia was quite an easy one then. Yeah, it, it was. It was really, really easy. Yeah, yeah. Although I was, you know, um, like I said, for the first couple of years, I don't have a lot to show for 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 any of it. But I knew I was doing what I wanted to. To do, and I think that's a that is a real gift. If you ever find that you're in a position where you think you 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 have a real p- passion for something, and you know that's what you should be doing, that's yeah. that's great. I don't have that anymore. <laughs> 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 no, I do. I do, obviously. But <laughs> you use it all up in that moment. <laughs> no, I do. You know, and that's really it's well, what a were fantastic friends and fam- thing. Friends and family supportive. No, like, no, they were at all. You know, and and um, you, you know, I think that was. Yeah, I mean, my family thought it was a terrible idea, um, you know, and um, uh, yeah, I know, but then you know, you make, you meet people who are on the same track, you know, and you're all helping each other, and it it it's funny again, you know, those writers, those people that I work with now. I was looking at that. There's a brilliant show, Succession, at the moment on TV. So many of those writers again were writers from when I was starting. You know, I saw that one of the episodes was written by Georgia Pritchett, who was who was who had one of the the minute commissions on weekending when I was doing it, you know, it's kind of that's the. I think I think it was a good time as well. I mean, the age I am was kind of the perfect age because you'd had, you'd had, you know, Monty Python stuff had been really really popular and we'd all loved it as children. But there were no sketch shows on at the time. There was nowhere, so we were all wanting to do sketch comedy, and the only outlet for it was things like weekending, and we wanted to do our own sketches, our own stuff. There was nothing like that. Mm. And and then we all did, you know, so that, you know, Matt and Dave doing Little Britain and the League of Gentlemen and yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen and all this. Yeah. It's all part of that. It was like a sort of pressure bulge in the yeah, pipe yeah. coming through. People wanted to, we don't want to do, you know, sketches based on a, like that kind of old fashioned sort of sketches kind of thing. We didn't want to do that with a punchline and a thing. We no, didn't want to no. do all that. Yeah. You know, we wanted to have like weird characters and, um, I mean, the League of Gentlemen. I think still, still, I think some of the sketches that oh, I saw them do were the, my like some of my favourite things I've yeah. ever seen. And you just think, where's this come from? What yeah. have you been reading? <laughs> <laughs> what have you been watching as well? It was just so, uh, so fantastically atmospheric. Yeah. Uh, Mark Gatiss does this brilliant. Um, you know, he's like uh, he he would be like a guide. It, 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 you you'd be in the all the lights would go out in the theater he'd be in some little fringe theater all the lights would go out and he'd have a torch and he'd have a, a a sort of hard hat on and he'd be pointing out these stalactites and stalagmites and doing one of the chats that they do on yeah, those yeah, sort yeah. of yorkshire you know like cheddar gorge or sort of you know bullby mine type things it was absolutely i mean so brilliant i remember thinking this is exactly what we've all wanted to see you know yeah it was like 
character comedy, but in sketches. Speaking of which, one of my favourite sketches from the Armstrong and Miller show, yeah. which me, me and my brother used to watch when, when we were definitely too young <laughs> <laughs> to watch it, was, um, and it's interesting, it's got the science angle, was like, you guys are in like a research theatre, and they haven't come up with anything for like 10 years. And then you come in, and you're like slagging them all off. The next person to come up with something gets steak knife. And I still text my brother now and then, that was 10 years ago, you fuck! And it's just, it's funny how these things really stick with you. Yeah, yeah. I, just, yeah, I remember that sketch. That was such good fun. Yeah. Yes, it's basically sort of the sort of scientific equivalent, cancer research... That's version right. of Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I drove here in a Porsche, you yeah. fucks. Look at this, it's a Rolex. What have you discovered today? Yeah. <laughs> My tie costs more than your fucking house. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so good. But yeah, yeah. But it's really, that's always stuck with me, that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of like, what, 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 one of the things that I've always, you know, I mean, that I, I think it, if there needs to be a point to what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? And the point, you know, the, the point obviously behind that sketch is that, you know, this idea of society is, is that what we contribute, you know, we, we enumerate it in one particular way, but that doesn't... Society couldn't operate. You know, you couldn't... If you operated everything to the market, you couldn't mm. have cancer research. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's a kind of... And it's a sort of... And I think as if you've got... If there's something that makes you... One of the things that I've always felt is that some of the best sketches come from a place of anger. They come from, like, I'm really fucking angry about this and how, mm. do, I, how do I articulate that? Yeah. And how do, I, how do I do it in a way but also brings me complete joy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anger and joy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great fun. Great but some fun. of the best comedy does come from that. That's oh, that's to say, not that I didn't. Yeah. We didn't write that sketch, by the way. No. That's written by uh, two writers called Bert and George, um, George Jeffries and Bert Tyler Moore. But you know the um, uh, the uh, the idea being one of the, the reasons I think it's such a good sketch and why it sort of fitted so well in our because we had just a, a handful of writing writers that we used to that we do work with all the time on our mm. things. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of all get you all kind of zone in. Yeah. And you figure out what it is. But there has to be a point, basically. Yeah. But I guess with your writing team, you'll have to be on the same page, don't you? You have to be. Yeah, you know, when we're literally in the same room most of the time. Um, yeah, you're sort of. Uh, and you talk a lot about what it is that you want to do, you know, what it is that you want to do and what makes how it's going to be different to other other things yeah and you kind of not that you can theorise that much about comedy really I mean because you know, <laughs> it's a yeah. bit of a sort of well also comedy the bottom line is it's got to be funny it's got to be funny I mean, Fun- fundamentally yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's the thing we're missing out isn't it yeah. and it's got to be it's really be funny. funny I remember people yeah, telling yeah. me when I got into comedy they were like oh you've got to do this you've got to do this you've got to do that and after a few years I thought no you've just got to be funny yeah really yeah, it's got to be really funny there's other things around it but if you're funny, then yeah, you're and, and, okay. and and you know, and and it's and it, uh, what's what it's really interesting is because when things are really really funny, it's usually there's usually some deep reason why that. I mean, the reason we find something funny is so that's an interesting, but it's usually the collision of two ideas, isn't it? And the deeper those ideas are, the more yeah. the the further they are in your subconscious, the yeah. funnier it's going to be. Yeah, but the um, 
you know, so for example, a man stepping on a rake is the funniest, <laughs> probably the funniest thing that's at all possible because mm. it's the idea of death. Isn't yeah. it? It's life and yeah. death, basically, and, and yeah, it's pain, <laughs> and it's but it's survival. It's about survival, yeah. isn't it? It's ha ha, the mammoth sat on Terry. It didn't sit on me. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, basically yeah. the joke, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like it comes yeah. from something really, really dark, d- dark, yeah, yeah, dark yeah. and funny. Yeah. But that's the reason why I think slapstick is the funniest of. And the least, and you can't interrogate slapstick. You can't, you can't like, it's very hard to, as I've done a lot of slapstick comedy and it's a black art. Because yeah. you can't, whereas with the, you know, cancer research sketch, you can think, okay, well, probably what this is, is the clash between, you know, um, you know consumer-driven capitalism and uh, selfless, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. you, know, you know, selfless help of humanity, right? So there's two selfishness versus selflessness right it's basically the bottom of it. And, it, and it and you can kind of and once you know that and you someone somebody's written the sketch and you can hopefully make it funnier if you can figure out what parts add to that and what parts take away and it's same with the performance of it you know what's getting in the way of that and what's what's helping it in terms of half the thing with sketch comedy on tv is like what it looks like you know probably more than half, three quarters of it is how they're going to be dressed what comes the place going to look like so that you don't Fuck the Joker. Yeah, 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 <laughs> most yeah. of the time, it's just spent not fucking it up, really. <laughs> and even then, you film it and you watch it back afterwards. You think it's like we purposely set out to make something unfunny. It <laughs> it's like we deli- we wanted to make the the most comedy free piece. <laughs> of- so you know, just there's no yeah, gap. There's no, yeah. you know. I mean, yeah, there's no guarantees in that sense. But returning to you know slapstick comedy it's even it's even harder because you really are fiddling under the bonnet and you can't you know, and the with the hood down you can't see what the hell you're what the hell's yeah. going on under there and that's the funniest stuff it's the stuff you don't even you can't access it yeah because it's so deep it's so deep in all of us do you know what i mean it's well, and, of, and it's so innate because people will relate to it in seconds because it just it's almost like it, it triggers a feeling in them it triggers something yeah that they can't control yeah and 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 the best I, the comedy that I love, it triggers it triggers a part of me that I didn't even know existed. Like when I saw that um, League of Gentlemen, you know, Mark Gatiss mm. do that League of Gentlemen character, and it, it, it's, it, it, you know, I'd probably been on one tour like that in my <laughs> life, so I understood the references, and probably most people would, but it was something, there's something so deep about it, it's something, mm. it's so simple, it's such a, yeah. all the, the best, and the best comedy, so it's always simple, so yeah. freaking simple, and there's yeah. a, but it, it, you discover new parts of your own sense of humour that you didn't know you had, I suppose that's what I mean, it's like a kind of, that uh, really good comedy does, you kind of think, yeah. oh wow, I never even knew that was funny, and, yeah. and you know. But when, when, if you're going back to the moments where you know you're watching the sketch back and you think, "Oh, this one hasn't worked," or you're working on something and you can't quite sort of drill down to what it's about, what are you like in those moments? Do you have a process or anything like that? I do have a. Pro- I mean, I do have a process. I, my, and I'm not saying it's a good. It's a good thing. I don't think it necessarily is a good thing. My my inclination, probably because I was trained as a scientist, is to work and work and work and work and continue to work and continue to just to continue to work mm. so I've uh, my personal feeling is over the years that it, the things that work and the things that don't work sometimes you're just it's just really really lucky <laughs> yeah. and something comes together but most of the time it doesn't and sometimes work can make that thing as good as 
the thing that came in a flash that just worked. Sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't. It will never come back. Yeah. But you never know which the ones are <laughs> yeah. that yeah. will be improved by work, and which one, which are the ones that are a lost cause. You just, you just never know. In the case of, you know, you finally get to find out when you put it in front of the audience, and you find out whether they laugh, you know, whether they laugh or not. But, but then. In the case of like a sketch show, it can make such a difference as to what came before it, or yeah. you know how things are set up. Is you're always dealing with so many unknowns; it's kind of uh, so way beyond your control most of the time, anyway. But I, my inclination is to not give up on it, to keep working on it, and just to see if it will eventually, if, if eventually it will, will improve. And some of the things that have was so problematic to start out with are some of the things that um some of the things that it, it, you know eventually so for example there's a sketch in in one of our shows called half price pots and the premise of the sketch it's another burton george sketch actually the premise of the sketch is that you know those places that sell half price pots you go par, you know you go past and say all pots half price 50% off all pots yeah and there's a guy in the pub um, sitting there, and two of his friends come in and say, you won't believe what happened to us today. We were just out, you know, out on the edge of town. We saw this place selling half price pots. We bought, like, a load of pots, half price. And this guy in the pub says, um, well, how do you know they're half price? Because it said it on the sign, it's like 50% off. He said, but you don't know what the price of a pot is to start with. So how do you know whether that's 50% off? He said... He said, you know, look, you know, it's just a marketing thing. They say 50% off. It's just a market. It's, it's just marketing. And it, it, people are like, you're a bit uptight tonight, John. What's the matter with you? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's being watched on a video camera, do you know what I mean, by the people who make those... This, this sinister organisation <laughs> that uh, that sell half price pots. <laughs> so, you know, one of them is saying, Sebastian, look, I think we've got a dissenter. And they sort of bring him in and they start torturing him and brainwashing him about half price pots. And we couldn't think of the ending of this thing. And we went, we nearly gave up on it so many times. We like, we couldn't think what the ending of the sketch was. And I think we all just, we just, it was a case where we, you think, well, this is such a good idea. If we, maybe if we keep working, we keep working, we keep working, we'll find an ending to it. And it didn't ever seem like we would. And we had a number of endings. We were about to shoot an ending to it that wasn't, that just didn't, we couldn't think of what the ending of that story, that story is. It's, got to, it's so funny, but it's got to be a brilliant ending. And sometimes really, really brilliant ideas don't have a brilliant ending. So you can't, you can't film them and you can't put them in the show. So we thought, we think we, we, we really, really like... And and, and the end, in the end, like at the 11th hour, it was like the night before or something we were doing it, we suddenly thought, of course, the ending is he's selling half price pots. <laughs> and somebody... He's in a garden centre. Sorry, he's in a garden centre. He's not selling half price pots. Somebody comes in and, uh, and he's selling you know, half-price pots. And a friend of his who remembers him from when he was... is like, oh, Gary, how are you doing? And he's like, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. We've got some really fantastic offers over here. (laughs) (laughs) Which was the, of course, the the right end. It's the right... It's the correct ending of the whole thing. And if we hadn't worked, and if we'd given up, 
Yeah. We wouldn't. That's one of my favourite like sketches we've ever done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was out there. It's out there somewhere, isn't it? And if you can just. Yeah. And sometimes work can get you there. But equally, you know, there's plenty of other things that we've filmed that we never thought of an ending to that never ended up. You know, and you go to all that effort, that money, and shoot all that stuff, yeah, and hire, course. and everybody yeah, yeah. turns up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning to film it, and it's still, not, like I say, it's like you meant it not to be funny, because yeah. you can't find that right you can't find ending. Funny, yeah. And there's nothing more frustrating than seeing something build and build and, yeah. and be funny, and then it doesn't end. And our thing was, it can never have a punchline. You can never use the punchlines because it was a bit of a, one of our rules, actually. Mm-hmm. Which probably shouldn't have rules in comedy, but unless unless things were really really funny, <laughs> yeah, yeah. unless the punchline was really really funny, yeah. you shouldn't have a punchline <laughs> because that reversed the logic. So it had the logic had to con- continue because we wanted our things to be character things, so that the character has to be doing the same thing all the way through the sketch. You can't suddenly change the character or yeah. change the logic of what they're doing. So yeah, so sometimes it was. You know, and sometimes you just can't think of an ending which ends the story and is funny and is unexpected and makes you laugh and is, you know doesn't always happen. Things and is there sometimes yeah. almost like a bit of closure sometimes in letting an idea go? Yeah, like there is. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. Work. There's no shame in it. I think that's true. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in the fact it didn't work. It was a funny idea. We all thought it was funny. You know, we did try. We would try stuff out live. You know, we would before we did that, we'd have re- read-throughs. We would invite everybody, you know, by a big crowd to read through, and you'd think it passed all these tests. <laughs> and yet, still, there's something that you didn't hadn't spotted because when it's filmed yeah, and you see it, it just doesn't work. Yeah. The visualization somehow it doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. Somehow it wasn't a visual joke, basically. And that's yeah. just life, isn't it? It's yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah, I think. And yeah, there is no. Yeah, I mean, I think as, as long as you're, you know. Because it works for you just as often the other way, which is you that thing which you thought, yeah, okay, it's probably worth a go, and it just makes it through, and then you film it, and it's like, it was like a, it works brilliantly, and you never knew it would it would work that well. You know, you get equally get it happening the other way, so you just kind of, basically, what you do is you just film. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Hopefully some of it works. And, and about 25% of it works. You chuck the other 75% yeah. out. And never tell anyone about just it. Just never tell anyone about it. What? That didn't happen. We didn't know. Yeah. That's not what you're talking about. So look at the bin. Yeah. I would say more doesn't work than works mm. when you film it. But anyway. Yeah. Going back slightly, obviously you were writing a lot. And yes. Possibly not performing as much. Where, where did the, those two things kind of change a little bit for you? Uh... Yeah, I, mean, I think when we, when Zandra and I started doing our stuff, we started doing our double. So we, there were a couple of sketch comedy clubs that started, and we would perform our. It was really I was doing it because I couldn't get my sketches done. So we sort of started an act. I thought, well, if no one will perform them, I'm going to perform. Them. <laughs> yeah, At least yeah. we're going to we're going to do them. Yeah. Um, and so that was you know that was the sort of motivation. And then I kind of um, I wrote a radio show and I. I did a one-man show as well. I did a show about John Noakes, the, who was like, I'm not really into Blue Peter, so I did a sort of one-man show about what had happened, where, you know, about the life of John Noakes. <laughs> um, as, yeah. Uh, that sounds quite... Was it tragic? Was it, it had a tragic edge to it? It was... Well, John Noakes hadn't been on TV for a while at the time, so... And I went and tracked him down, and I had this very funny ending to the show Pointing where it gone. looked like I'd 
faked it, but it wasn't John Noakes. And at the end, you know, because I was following this guy around. This, he was living on Mallorca. So I was okay. following him around Mallorca, and you could just about catch the, the club DJ back of his head, or you know, it did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> piece of purvis on ones and twos. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Leslie Judd on the podium. Um, yeah yeah and uh yeah and at the end it was sort of revealed that it was him you know and that used to get a great reaction it was fun for that reason but i i yeah and i just i sort of started getting into it more and then i discovered i really liked acting so i hadn't done any acting at school or anything so it was really just through do doing acting in sketches and our thing was always to try and act them as well as we possibly could. Like, act them like they weren't really... They weren't like we weren't in a comedy sketch. Yeah, yeah. We were actually playing that yeah, yeah, part yeah, 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 kind yeah. of thing. And that gives, you know, it's a dangerous thing to do because then you get a taste for acting as well. Yeah. So then, yeah, so then I sort of, yeah, got more into acting, you know, but it was really through writing for me, wasn't it? I didn't, like, set out with, oh, I'm going to be a performer or something. No, but there's like, always that... Often that um, concept of writing stuff for yourself, you know. Yes. Did it, did it come? Yeah. It came to that point for you though. You were actually writing, you know, material for yourself to perform. Yeah, because no one else yeah, would perform it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that often does happen, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's quite. I think it's quite. I think it's quite common. And I mm. think, you know, and you know, and you, you know, you start out, you start out bad. You know, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. You know what I mean? Because I think then you. Some of my favourite comedians started out really bad. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, it's outrageous to say it now, but I saw Eddie Izzard, but he was bad. Mm. And he became, I think he is probably the best stand-up I've ever seen. Mm. Um, and I think, I think, weirdly, being bad is actually quite a good start in comedy because it means you're at least not copying somebody else. You're doing your own thing. You just haven't yeah. figured out how to do it yet. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in... Eddie, Eddie is not case, you know. We'd now, I'd never seen anybody do anything as bad as he did. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the worst performances really? I've okay. ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it was awful. He wasn't sticking to. He didn't seem to have jokes. He wasn't even sticking to the point. He seemed like if a fly bus past, he'd start yeah, yeah. talking about the fly, <laughs> and you just think this is desperate. Yeah. And then I went to see him about a year later, and he was the best comedian yeah. I've I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was coming from a position of originality. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. You know, it's kind of, um, you know, I think that's and that doesn't just go for him. You know, I was like lots of other because I was when I started, wasn't any. I was had, had to do stand up. You know, I was doing stand up as well. Okay, yeah. because you know I'm a terrible stand up, but uh, that that was the only option available so mm. I had to make some money somehow mm. and so many of the people that I was doing stand-up with you know and I think if you do stand-up for any length of time it's not the people who start some people are just great straight out of the box but there's a lot of people who struggle to find their thing and then they find something that's extraordinary yeah. and it really yeah, takes off yeah. Harry Hill was the, was the same you know I mean uh, Harry, Hill, Harry Hill's first show in Edinburgh was a bit sort of touch and go it was a bit kind of he was like in a box or something it was a bit weird it was a kind of it wasn't and then a year later, he was Harry Hill. It was like, yeah, yeah. oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think there's, there's, there's a allowing yourself to be bad. And yeah, I, I think it can probably be applied to lots of creative industries as well. Actually, not just sort of comedy and stand-up. Allowing yourself to be bad and sort of working through it. 
and not giving up? Well, because it's, yeah, because it, not giving up is crucial, but it, it's also doing what you think is good. Yeah. Do what you, doing what you think is good. Not trying to imitate other people, but doing, stick, sticking with what you think is good and figuring out how to make that work. Because the chances are you're not wrong. If you think it's funny, the chances are, it, it is. It is funny. You just got to figure out how to com- how to communicate that. Mm. And maybe it's not a stand-up joke. Maybe it's a sketch, or maybe it's a novel, or maybe yeah. it's a, something else. But if figuring out even within say sketches, say you know it's a sketch, but figuring out how you do that, you know, does it is it done? You know, how are you going to get the audience to see it the way you see it? That's yeah. the that's the trick. I uh, did um, Logan Murray's stand-up course when I first yeah. started out. And one thing stuck with me, you said, there's no such thing as a bad joke, just an underwritten joke. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. Think that's so true. You can, it, it can go in a different way, and as long as you find what it is that makes you funny from that, it will eventually get there. Yeah, and, and probably be better than anything else, you know, any mother-in-law joke that somebody yeah. might yeah. tell um, in, a, in a club. It will end up being much, much funnier. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's funny, when you do anything... You know, anything like... For example, I did a... a I've been doing some talks with this... Um, you know, I've been doing these children's events, basically. I did one at the Cambridge Book Festival, like, last weekend. Oh, and I've done that one. It's a great festival. Yeah, yeah, it's a great, great, amazing yeah. festival. And, um, you know, so I had, there's all this... It's it's an odd... It's... I mean, it's it, the audience is what it is. It's, it's kids between 8 and 11, and their parents, possibly their grandparents. Yeah. There's a quite... That's quite a... I mean, that's, I'm, I don't have a lot of experience with that, that audience. <laughs> it's, it's a tricky audience. It's tricky. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's tricky because everyone's on a different level. You yeah, know, yeah, these yeah. jokes that make the adults laugh, that the kids won't laugh, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I had a, uh, I had like a clicker, you know, to click like the, you know, PowerPoint kind of thing that I was going to yeah. go through. And it didn't work. Oh, I had um, some problem at that at Cambridge. Yeah. Well, maybe it's the... Oh, well, they were I telling me... They so fixed it. Because I was thinking, actually, I had a technical issue there as well. Yeah, a huge <laughs> technical issue. It didn't work. So sometimes oh. it would click on, like, two slides, oh, yeah, or then yeah. it would oh, go... Yeah, but uh, it would, yeah, and it was like, and you try and go back, and it would go back to like six slides. So you've been in the right place. But you were, whatever you did was wrong and really bad. And it actually became sort of out Cambridge literature festival. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you're listening, it actually became yeah. the thing that brought us all together okay. because we were yeah. all in the same situation. We had a good laugh yeah. about it, and it was kind of funny. And it kind of, yeah. And it then became like a running joke all the way through. Like, let's see what happens now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what are we going to get next? You know, so it's. You know, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is that I think it's the, you know, that's, is that a funny, you know, if I'd set out, would I have asked for the clicker not to work? No, absolutely I wouldn't. Mm. You know, as far as I was concerned, that was a disaster. thing, And this is going to ruin my talk. But, you know, you kind of, you know, I was wrong. You know, that actually turned out to be the the thing that held it it all together. And without that, it probably would have been a disaster. Yeah, just yeah. to record mine was a disaster <laughs> what was yours what was your um, so I was in a picture book so um, um, called Little Bear on the Moon which is about loss and grief so it's yeah. quite a heavy subject for, yeah, yeah. for little ones as well so it's very tricky what age well like um, key stage one so you know yeah. you're talking I don't know five six right yeah and so very young and uh, yeah, the, this music, this poignant music and stuff, <laughs> none of it worked, mm. and it just fell flat on its face, really. And what do you do in that situation? Do I you... just ended up reading the book. 
I bet they loved that. I bet they loved it. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. Adults were like, oh, this is rubbish. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think I know that book, Little Bear and the Moon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Little Bear. Puts his arm, yeah, yeah. No, Little Bell in the Moon. Little Bell? Yeah, Little uh, Bell in the Moon, yeah. Don't know that you one. You don't know one, yeah. <laughs> not a lot of people do. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I'm, but, I'm not sorry, familiar with that. Are you enjoying writing the children's book? Yes, yeah, very much so. Yeah, I really, I mean, I think, and I think there's a well-trodden path, weirdly, from doing sort of comedy and sketches yeah. into writing children. I mean, a lot of my favourite, you know, Spike Milligan, yeah. I loved Spike Milligan when oh, I was a kid. Yeah, I loved his too, books. Yeah. You know, Terry Jones was some brilliant, children's books and it's interesting now isn't it it's still got David Baddiel and yeah yeah David David Williams, you know yeah. uh, David Williams Miranda Hart so many people so many comedians doing it and I don't know what the I don't know what the connection would be apart from I suppose that um, but you aren't kids writers, like aren't a you? laugh yeah you're, you're all writers, writers as yeah, well. yeah yeah I think exactly. that's a misconception all the celebrities yeah. doing a book but actually you're writers and you know I think you know people need to sort of understand that a little bit more sometimes. yeah that's that's but that is interesting isn't it it's because it's one of the things about comedy I suppose because the it's supposed to, when you do it it's supposed to look like there's been no preparation yeah, yeah, yeah. at all so people therefore think there was no preparation I had the same thing I went to a book awards um, where I. I was like presenting, you know, it was like presenting an, you know, you know, you like present an award for the book for whatever, and Sebastian Fox got up sort of after me and slagged me off, like, what was I doing at a, at a book awards? I'm not a really? writer, and you kind of think, well, you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, but comedy is it is written. We do write it. There's a script, yeah, you know, and you do. Yeah, but then I kind of think, well, maybe it's better just left <laughs> being um, mysterious. Do you know what I mean? Smoke and mirrors. So. Because yeah, because you kind of think, well, you know, maybe, well, maybe. But if Sebastian Falks thinks that comedy's not written, I mean, I do, I do slightly it's a bit worry. We well, have yeah, to say that's a bit. Worried. I mean, when he goes yeah. to see Macbeth, does he think they're all sort of? <laughs> Me, amazing. I mean, the, the, the guy. I mean, it was just, just you know, night after night, night after night, <laughs> soliloquy after soliloquy. It was extraordinary. Where does he, he get his ideas? I mean, and I, I mean, I, it is a shame, you know, that, but um, that I guess some of the maybe the more high end kind of authors and stuff do take offence or you know or umbrage with with you know people that are in. the Public yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I have to say, I got a frisson of excitement on the night because I, I very rarely get any kind of um, <laughs> <laughs> punchy reaction from fellow, you know, yeah. you know, you're at an awards thing. It's usually it's pretty, yeah. you know, talk about running on the rails. I mean, those kind of things. It's like people just re- pretty much usually reading whatever's written on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the autocue kind of things. So, you obviously felt very strongly to so yeah to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. His, uh, speech, you know, and, and I think there is. I mean, I think in any profession, you know, I think in acting, you know, anything, you know, not so much in comedy. You don't tend to get people coming into comedy who've never done any comedy. <laughs> and like, like, do you know what I mean? You yeah, get, yeah. you get yeah. the odd one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who sort of, you know, like, um, I suppose the best example would be Ricky Gervais who yeah. sort of, sort of came out of nowhere yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean and the last minute like and just got into comedy and I'll do stand up and he's like it's brilliant and at stand up arenas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like that's yeah. really really unusual yeah um, but anyway I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to seeing uh, 
Sebastian Falks down the backyard. Comedy club. <laughs> doing, his, comedy, yeah. doing his routine about cats and dogs, London <laughs> Underground. Um, when he's yeah. up, up for a comedy award and you're presenting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, exactly. Fuck. I remember yeah. that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I remember when Sebastian wrote thoughtful literature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, I mean, a bit... Uh, a little bit of a bit more grit in the oyster at these events is not unwelcome. No, but also I you guess know. having you know doing performing and comedy and, and acting and being out there. Obviously, this was like an extreme example, but you are open to criticism. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, sort of totally. Of the, yeah, yeah. The job. How do you you know what? How do you sort of take it? Um, b- badly, <laughs> um, but but personally, as in the case yeah. of Sebastian Fox, I mean, I think there's always an assumption that you're when not Aaron going Burns to take it personally. Song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just watch the movie again. Yeah. <laughs> the one that bankrupted Phil Paul. Yeah. Um, the, um, I, um, <laughs> I, um, actually, that's not really proper shot of project, but it's not his fault, is it? Um, uh, but yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I um, I did include Birdsong in a in a in a screenplay I was writing. I made sure that I had a character who just Birdsong was his favourite book. Oh, so it's like so that other like people that. could argue it. against him constantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> put it in. You know, that's the thing, isn't it? Take it and and use it yeah, you yeah. know I, but I still remember the um, I always think anything that makes you angry or you know gets a reaction out of you that's good that's good fodder for yeah. for your art try and find out what part of it really really annoys you and irritates you and kind of and then tap, see if you can tap into that yeah. um, but I think you know, I, but on the other hand, I do read. I don't mind reading reviews. I do read reviews. I don't hide from reviews and stuff like that. I find that some of my some of the best. Because sometimes the criticism is good. You know, yeah, yeah, and people yeah. won't tell. You know, and people yeah. reviews can be smart. You know, and they can spot things that you haven't spotted, or they'll put it in a context that you've never put it in, because you're only working on your little thing and you don't mm. see it as a part of a broader. Mm. You know, a, a, as a sort of, you know where it sits amongst everything else. And, um, you know, for example, some of the shows we've done, you know, there have been things that people have written and you kind of think, yeah, actually, that's right. We need to change that. We need Mm. to do that. Um, My rule is always if it chimes with something I already thought myself but didn't want to admit to myself, then that's fine. (laughs) Then I'll I'll happily take it. And if I didn't think it, then I'll just take it really personally and bear a grudge. (laughs) (laughs) Forever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, that in itself makes me laugh because to to for of all people to have a sort of to have to be bristling at the thought yeah. of Sebastian Fox. That's a funny. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I do yeah. find it's funny. It's very funny that I'm kind yeah. of quite pissed off at the guy who wrote Birdsong. <laughs> yeah, because he said funny. something. Because he's which you know, used to be my favourite. Because he slagged me off at an awards, which used, seriously used to be one of my favourite. Yeah. yeah, you know. That almost does sound like a sketch that you've, that it you've written. It is a funny. <laughs> yeah. It is a very funny. Yeah. It's a funny thing, you know. That's a yeah. <laughs> so acting, yeah. How, that's obviously kind of what you do a lot more. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do? You enjoy that aspect of your career? Just, just, just the acting and not being so involved, so involved in the sort of creative part of it. Yeah. I mean, I mean it is, it has it's immensely enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's about the most fun you can, I mean, it's free fun acting. You know, you're literally pretty much, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, I, I, I find like part of my joy is like I didn't have to write this. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else yeah. has written this. This is great. You know what I mean? And particularly if it's, and I'm, I, I've been lucky. And I've been doing things that you know, I've been doing, been able to do things that I really, really lo- like, which makes a huge difference. I don't know how it would be. I don't know how good I would be at acting. You know, because I, I think there's this certain kind of acting where you are sort of doing stuff that you don't necessarily think is that great I think that's probably a lot harder and I, I find I would find that trickier but you know I find that um, I, I, re- I really really enjoy it I re- what, one of the things I really like about it is that I think too much and you just can't think when you're acting you can't it's mm. like a you have to your mind has to be a total blank and you have to you yeah you're literally make-believe isn't it literally just pretending yeah. <laughs> um with other grown-up people i mean it's like yeah. it's a such a weird such a weird job um it's so weird that we enjoy that we all those... do that and yeah, enjoy yeah. That. Buy into it but do you really immerse yourself in those moments so when you're on set and stuff, yeah i immerse really it i'm really yeah. getting into it yeah i'm really really enjoy it and mm. i really like yeah i really like the idea of yeah I, of getting into a character and yeah you know I really it took me a long time to realise that every probably every different actor prepares in a in a different way just like every different writer and every different different comedian mm. for some reason I thought although you know I mean if you're backstage as a comedy show some people will be just very chatty making jokes other people are sitting there on their own going through yeah. the stuff yeah. still other people are on their phones doing stuff so you know everybody prepares in a different way some people are rehe- literally running through what they're going to say and uh, others you know everybody does it in a different way and I don't know why I thought actors were different they've all done yeah, some yeah. mystical preparation that I've never been aware of and yeah. I'm not I don't know what it is they're doing <laughs> and I'm the only one that's sort of not prepared and I kind of took me a while to sort of figure out that um, your own whatever you go through to do it is perfectly fine and you only really learn that when you direct other actors because then you suddenly realise that everybody's got a totally different approach to it you know some people um, yeah I mean some people are like completely in character other people don't even want to think about what they're going to do before they, they go on and and you know so it's it, it, that that was a real eye opener mm. to me was like to direct people and realise oh, oh wow there isn't a way of doing this just like there isn't a way of being a human being i mean it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like <laughs> yeah, yeah. everybody has di- you know a, a different approach yeah <laughs> um and uh yeah and i feel like with acting as you never it's like with all these things you never you're always playing a different character so you're always lear- learning something about you're always doing something you haven't done before mm-hmm. and i find that really i find it it's the best antidote to sitting under, sitting on your own in a room and write that you can possibly imagine. And everything is done for you. What I love about acting is you have zero responsibility. You're not even responsible sort of for the time you wake up in the morning. If you're late down, you know, it, you know they, they send the car up 4.30 for you, and if you're not in the car by 4.45, that's not your fault. <laughs> That's someone else's fault because you didn't. Someone else has got sacked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and literally, yeah. literally, from that, from your, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, nothing is your is your responsibility. So it's an amazing feeling. Well, you're the talent. You're not, yeah, you're not <laughs> responsible. They, tr- I mean, I guess some, I guess the theory, the thinking is that some actors are not particularly functional, so no. they need to literally 
take them to the toilet and take them out of the toilet. But they just, somebody, somebody's there to do that all day. If you say, I'd quite like to go to the toilet. Somebody say, I'll come with you. <laughs> walk with you. Um, some, you know, 23-year-old will walk with me, a 53-year-old man, to show me where the toilet is and make sure and that I can find my, back, <laughs> find my way right? back afterwards. Right Are there? you all right? They do. Are you okay in there? Yeah. <laughs> But everything from your yeah, and then your your your, everything. It's kind of you know, it's it's. But I guess that frees you to do the work to concentrate. It does, yeah. 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 Frees frees up. It's great. It's absolutely brilliant. It's a really really great way to 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 work. It it is because you're kind of you're there. So you, you only have one purpose when you're there, which is to do that to do that to. To do that perform to do that performance. So is that is that difficult to come out of when you go back to normal life? Um, yeah, I think it can. I think it can. Yeah, I think it can. If you're not careful, it can sort of bleed over into. Particularly when I started, when I first did it, I used to find that I would end. Whoever my girlfriend was at the time, I would be having the same conversations with her that I was having in the arguments that I was having in whatever <laughs> show it was yeah, that okay. I was doing. You know, whatever. You know, you know piece it was that I, that mm, I was yeah. doing and I think I kind of after a while you sort of I think maybe with a bit more experience um you tend to do that less but I think it's very hard to not for it not to have some sort of effect do you know what I mean uh well I mean I, I can walk you to the toilet if you want yeah <laughs> wasn't it um wasn't it Peter Sellers that um who obviously stayed in character for a long time after he would finish roles he ended yeah. up marrying Britt Eklund and then, like, several months later, he was like, oh, what am I doing married to Britt Eklund? But he'd married her because, he, because he was so immersed in his character. Yes, he was married, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's he, uh, And then they got divorced yeah. very soon afterwards because he was so immersed <laughs> in it. It's bizarre, isn't it? But I suppose if you are really, you know, 24-7 almost in that... I think that, that can thing. easily... I mean, people yeah. often do fall in love, don't they, while they're yeah. doing... where they're playing parts, you know, the... That that's definitely a thing, you know. People end up in relationships and in in, in couples, and sometimes mm. that's, you know, sometimes they sometimes mm. that's a good thing, and, and other times you think I'm not sure they'd be doing that if they were yeah. in, mm. in this yeah, yeah. play together. <laughs> yeah, well, it's very intense, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it is. And your social life, you know, particularly I think if you're doing a play, your social life becomes so restricted. It's really just yeah, the sure, people yeah, that you're yeah. seeing. So I think. Yes, I mean, we talked to David Morrissey about that, didn't we? That family, because he does yeah. a lot of plays, and it's yeah. that you get that instant family, and then you do yeah. this thing for like six months or whatever it might be, and then suddenly you leave that family behind and you go and find a new family, and it's kind of, you know, it's just very transient, I guess. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I think it's particularly that case with plays. I've done very few plays, but they they are very. Um, the best thing about them is that company feeling, yeah. that kind of that camaraderie of it all. Mm. Yeah, I and mean, then that's. Yeah, and funnily enough, I st- you know if I see any of the people that I was in those plays, they are kind of like a long lost relative. Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah, that is a great. Well, that must be mm, even more so if you're really. sort of on location. You know, so that's for death in paradise. So you sort of living out there when you're doing that. Yeah, I mean, I got very close with the the regulars in that yeah. show. Yeah, um, yeah, with Danny and Gary and and Sarah. Yeah, you all get you're just spending so much time together, and people are coming, and you're we 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 were always there for about. Seven months because you'd get there, early, wow. you know, you'd get Rise there before filming starts, yeah. yeah. And you know, you'd be doing the preps, you know, you get there during prep, so it was about seven months for us. And 
you know, every two weeks there's different cars coming out. That would be really, really good fun. You know, there's a whole load of people who are just sort of new to the island, kind of like Love Boat kind of thing every... <laughs> Every two weeks, <laughs> a new episode of Love Boat. And, um, but, you know, then we'd be there sort of week in, week out. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was, you know, you really, uh, you get very, you know, you get very close with people, you know. And, that, and I, it's funny, you might not see them again, but it is like a, you know, you never, you're not going to see them again on that same regular basis. But mm. there's that bond. You yeah. Know? I mean, no, if I see Gary Carr or Danny John Jaws or Sarah Martin, yeah. you know, there's a, we've got a huge connection from having yeah. spent all that time on that weird island. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is really strange. That's a really strange job. Because you imagine mm. you kind of think, everyone's idea is that you think, well, and certainly mine was, it's like a Caribbean was where I went on holiday. It's like, oh my yeah, God, exactly. I'm going to yeah, film yeah. the Caribbean. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. And of course you get out there and, you, and it's amazing. It's Caribbean, it's a desert island. I'm on a desert island. It's amazing. I live by the beach. You know, <laughs> I, live on a, I live in the Caribbean. It's my job. Yeah. Literally, it's my job. I can't believe yeah. this. I can't believe this. I can't believe I'm still here. <laughs> and you get, because you get to like five weeks. Because yeah. you know, when you, go, you know, about two weeks off holiday, you think, I could do another week. Yeah. Could you do another week? <laughs> and you could, you could stay for another week on holiday. Three weeks, you'd be thinking, I think I want to see you. I want to go back yeah, see my friends, really, see my yeah, family. Yeah, so think when you're there five it. weeks and it goes longer and longer and longer, and then you're there four months, and then you're there five months, and then you're there six months, and you're like, wow, I there's nothing here. There's a beach, and I live in London. I live in like London. I like yeah, yeah. I like coffee shops and newspapers and <laughs> people being rude to me on public transport. You know, I can't <laughs> deal with this weird island thing where everybody knows, because there's only about six people live there, <laughs> yeah. and everybody gets to know you pretty, you know, pretty much you know everybody pre- pretty much who lives <laughs> everybody who lives on Guadeloupe <laughs> I mean, it's strange it was a really strange I gather it's quite, it's quite similar on that um, Scottish show, you know, the um, uh, what's that one about the laird who comes back and inherits the Monica the Glen. Yeah, Monica. So the Glen, a bit yeah. of a similar thing there, except of course you could get home. You know, yeah. In, yeah. in the Caribbean, you're like, I could be home in about four days if yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> if I really put my mind to it, I can be home yeah. in about four days. That's not. That's a bit. Yeah, that's a that's bit strange. Hard, isn't isn't it? It? Yeah. Notice, notice the distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, but I gather it's a bit of a similar. It's a bit of a similar thing. Yeah, you got to kind of stir crazy mm. kind of thing. Mm. Not, it's not sunny. Yeah, not not yeah. something you could probably do long term, you know, not for years and years and years. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? I think if if my in my case, my, you know, I don't have my family out there. I think mm. if you could, like Chris Marshall was after me, his family came out with him. I think yeah, it's really different, it's different yeah. vibe. But if you're not, you know, I've you've got young kids like I did at the time. I had a nine month old, you know, three to my summer three three months when I left and nine, you know, nine months. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really hard. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah, that's yeah, really yeah. Hard. yeah. Not on me, but on my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But it's hard to be away from them, isn't it? For the of course. Of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm. And um, you know, sometimes you know, most of the times it's 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 great because you can all go and it's fantastic. Yeah. It was like in that case, it was sort of in that was kind of you know interesting. But I, yeah, I mean, I. I still loved doing it. It was still amazing. Yeah. I loved that character, and I loved that. I loved the weirdness of that show. I mean, the eternal revealing weirdness. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. Yeah, yeah. So, great, it's yeah. so funny. It's so funny, and I love the way you. You're not. It doesn't immediately present as a comedy. You know, what I mean? you sort yeah. of think mm, like, yeah. this is. There's nuance there. Yeah, yeah. You know, this thing. This is a 
drama, but it's a bit off. And yeah. then after a while, you sort of go, oh, no, I guess I get it, it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, none of this is serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Well, we really thank you appreciate so your much. Mm. We normally round off by just getting our guests to give any advice to anyone listening that's having a blank moment yeah. creatively or in <clears> life <throat> or whatever. We use that piece of the translative word. Do you have any advice for anyone listening that might be my, my advice about the blank moment is the blank moment is where you want to be, really. I mean, anything that doesn't start from a blank moment is probably not worth doing uh, because you're only really creating when you start from the, a blank. That's the only point at which it's real. And without it, create, it's, not, it's not creativity. It's, it's, um, it's craft. It's not art. Mm. So unless you're... You know, there's nothing wrong with craft... Um, you know, craft is, you know, craft has its has its place in every creative sphere. Um, but if you want to make something, you're going to have to be blank at some point. You're going to have to have that the blank page, the blank mind, and it is horrible. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> horrible. But there is no way through without it. And you will sometimes start your projects breezily, full of ideas, with a full sail you will sooner or later meet that blank that blank moment and mm. that and, and that blank moment is actually a sign that you're on the right track because if you are not that's a sign that you are you're creating that's a sign that you're creating something but but like like i say nothing nothing good comes without the blank first brilliant stuff that's that also, good, fuck yeah, you, yeah. Sebastian Falks. Yeah. From that spiritual promontory. <laughs> I told you, we that don't do links. On the <laughs> we don't do yeah. links. Yeah. Um, ben Miller, it's been an awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. much. Thank, thank you. you. Brilliant. That was Ben Miller. It was indeed. What a nice guy. What Lovely a really guy. Nice yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really you. good. Really good energy. Got a great, saying, yeah. you know, had a great laugh. Had a very really good laugh. Very, laugh. very infectious laugh. Yeah. I mean, I did find myself laughing quite a lot when he was uh, laughing. Yeah. I think you can uh, learn a lot about someone from their laugh. Yeah, and it was a genuine laugh. Yeah, so it, wasn't like sort of, it wasn't like a nervous laugh. No, or it was a, a good one. Laugh. It was sort a of person that if I heard that laugh at a party, I'd sort of want to gravitate towards him. Yes, you'd wander over there. Why yeah. has he got everyone around him? Yeah. Whereas when I laugh, it sounds like a sort of hyena. Someone stepped on Every a hyena's <laughs> foot or something. <laughs> oh, right. Um, yeah. But I'm working on it. Yeah, I would. <laughs> there, totally. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much to Ben uh, for being on the pod. Uh, ooh, a decent a decent pod to start 2020, I think. Very decent, indeed. Um, and this is the part where we read out some lovely tweets. Now, we get some wonderful tweets from people. We're very lucky, indeed. Um... And I'm going to read one out for you now. We've got some really good ones. We can cut this bit. Uh, I did see a couple the other day. Really good ones today. There's one that's like, there's one about insomnia. Okay, that one. Using my insomnia. To, oh, the wow moment. Okay, I'll do. Yeah, yeah. I'll do Michelle. You do Rima. Um, I've got one here from Michelle at Sheb Shelley, um, who says I've lost count of the inverted commas wow moments I had listening to David Morrissey 
on Blank Podcast. Life and its lows explained in a way I wish I could. Wonderful podcast. Thank you. That was a good podcast, wasn't it? Oh, David Morris was excellent. Yeah, yeah. he really was. That was great. Very um, engaging, man. So thank you for that. That's a lovely tweet. So we've got a tweet here from Rima Dreamer. And she's good, saying, good handle. What a great handle, yeah. Uh, so using my insomnia to listen to podcasts, interviewing two of my favourite women, Dawn French on the Blank Pod, and also as a shout-out to um, Jay Rayner and his excellent podcast, Out to Lunch. She's been listening to that one with Kathy Burke. Oh, lovely. I love you both, she says. So it's oh, a really good pod, that one. Kathy Burke would be a great guest. I know. She's on the oh, list. Oh, amazing. Well, these are wonderful tweets. Thank you. We get so many nice tweets and on it. They do, you know, sometimes when I'm having a, you know, not a brilliant day, I read some of our tweets and they genuinely do uh, pick me up. I've actually got one more I'd like to read out. It's from Edie's Kitchen. Uh, so we've just discovered Blank Pod because of our fave, Dawn French, was on it. And it's seriously good. Such great interviews with lots of different topics. Seriously, subscribe and take a listen what good advice brilliant thank you very 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 kind for those lovely words thank you Edie's Kitchen Um, so if you'd like to tweet us and let us know your favourite episode like these people have done you can our handle is at BlankPod it is indeed and we're also on Twitter and Facebook if you prefer those platforms and the handle is exactly the same at BlankPod and you can email us if you'd like to our email address is theblankpodcast at gmail.com 2018 oh yeah I remembered well done yeah theblankpodcast2018 at gmail.com there you go and that's it thank you very much for listening to this pod we'll be back with another guest next week but just leads me to say have a great week Giles and you Jim hey thanks mate and to our listeners as well and we'll see you again soon goodbye Box Media Podcast.